Hello and welcome to El Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Lacey Morgan. So, first question is the obvious one: How did you get started? So I grew up in a really creative family. Um, my dad worked for a computer game company in this tiny, tiny little town near Yosemite. Um, it was called Sierra Online was the company. And they always did computer games like King's Quest Seven was a big one, um, Quest for Glory, things like that. And he was working on the music and then later producing. And so I kind of grew up going to work with him and, you know, playing around on the Foley stages, making footsteps and things like that. So I kind of grew up around recording and music and watching the animators work on the, the computer games. And that really sparked my interest. Um, but I thought I was going to be on the art side. I wanted to go into animation. <laughs> so um, my plan was to, you know, be a Disney animator. That, that was the plan. And after high school, I moved out to L.A., um, majored in animation. I actually have a degree in 2D animation and did that for a while. I enjoyed it, but it just never quite felt like the right fit. Um, so as I would freelance and I would create cartoon uh, commercials and things for my clients, they would often ask me for voices. So maybe my client would say, I need a mom and I need a, a little little boy and a narrator. And to save a little bit of money and, and not have to outsource, I would say, oh, let me just, I'll fill in with my voice here, just assuming, you know, they'd recast me or just use it as a scratch voice. And they kept coming back to me saying, wow, you're really good at this. Maybe you ought to look into doing voiceover. Um, and they kept passing my name along. So I started looking into the whole area of voiceover, kind of learning as much as I could about it, uh, reading the forums. I joined some of the pay-to-play sites, which were still really early on at that point, um, and got advice on microphones and how to edit my audio, things like that, and started applying for jobs. Um, some of my first jobs were things for Nintendo and Sephora and names like that. So that really helped snowball me along a little bit. Once you book one or two things, it kind of helps when clients can pass your name along. And the more I did it, the more I realized, hey, this kind of takes all of the things that I love and puts them together. So the acting, the musical theater, the creating characters and storytelling, the audio editing, all that, it just kind of clicked and went, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so yeah, I've been voice acting now for just about over 10 years. What do you love and hate about what you do? Oh boy. Um, what I love is, well, what, what wouldn't you love? I mean, you get to pretend behind a microphone and tell stories. That's, that's the best part is always having something different in the day. You never quite know what to expect. Um, what I don't love. Oh goodness. That's tough. Um, probably that there's a lot of people devaluing the industry, by quoting really, really low rates, um, things like AI is kind of sneaking up and starting to take over a lot of the jobs. So that can be a little frustrating when you see that start to take over 
doing what you love so much. So we have to work hard to fight against it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that, uh, yeah, what was it, two or three years ago, a AI wasn't even like a, a, a talking right. point, but now it's like... It's huge. Oh, man. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And I saw that happening on the art side back when I was doing graphic design a lot, too. Uh, it was already starting to, to take over there, so it's frustrating to see it carry over into something that I assumed would never be taken over by robots. You know, your voice. But, boy. I mean, who needs uh, voice actors when you can just, like... Use right? AI, and it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> man, and it started out with us all pretending to be robots behind the microphone. <laughs> I mean, that's the ironic thing is that you know a lot of voice actors end up playing robots, and they end right. up giving more emotion <laughs> to uh -huh. to a performance than AI ever could. So there you it's go. It's very true. Yeah. What was the best and worst piece of advice you've ever been you've ever been given as an actor? Ooh. Um, okay. So I remember I, I grew up doing a lot of theater classes, musical theater and, and just acting for fun because it was something I always enjoyed as a kid. And I remember taking some classes where they would say, you have to be all in when you're in a scene. You have to be feeling what your character is feeling. You have to be experiencing what your character is feeling. And there were times when I... I would think, well, I haven't had a dark moment like this. I, I I haven't lost my mother like this character kind of thing. And But what if I just, can I act it? Um, so uh, some, some of the bad advice, I think, would be that you always have to be feeling as hard as your character is feeling. Um, because in voice acting, I have found that sometimes you don't want to be feeling those strong emotions because it affects your voice. Uh, so if I have a really uh, depressing, heart-wrenching scene, I can't be feeling that tough sadness or you're going to hear it. I'm going to be a snotty mess. <laughs> so you have to learn as different types of actors to sometimes use your voice to convey an emotion without fully feeling it in your body always. Um, and I know some people prefer to actually feel that emotion, but I try um, try not to, so I don't sound congested. <laughs> um, best advice is just go for it. Um, to always be willing to jump in and whatever suggestion you're given, just go for it. I, I love when I can surprise people, um, you know, in workshops or in jobs. I come in all calm and then start the role and it's crazy and out there and wild and i love shocking people when i'm willing to just jump in that's uh, usually the best for me when you know someone comes in and they sound totally normal and then they just pull yeah. out this like monster voice out of nowhere and it's like how do <laughs> right? you do that <laughs> yeah yeah that's one of my favorite things to do on the playground when i'm meeting kids moms <laughs> with my own kids they'll always ask me what i do for a living and so i'll say oh sometimes i do like voices for toys and then i'll pull out this crazy <laughs> gremlin creature voice <laughs> and watch their faces um how do you avoid uh, vocal damage yeah, um, that's that's something today I was especially thinking of. I had a lot of auditions that had to do a lot of creature sounds and screaming and, and video game efforts and that kind of thing. 
my voice can be kind of delicate, I have found. Um, so if I have a session coming up, I try to make an effort not to, you know, like go to a theme park and scream on rides or try not to yell too much in the house at my dog or things like that. Um, and I always make sure I warm up. I have some straws that I do straw exercises in and one that goes inside of a cup that is especially good for yelling and exertion sounds. It really kind of helps open you up. And then I use things like um, a vocal mister to help me recover when my voice is sounding really hoarse. So how did you get involved in Honkai? So that was, I didn't know it was Honkai Star Rail um, when I auditioned. It came through my agent, and then it was just a document full of different characters. Um, it was codenamed, so we didn't know what it was, who it was from. We just got a short little paragraph description of what all the characters were like, how old they were, and what their general feeling was. So I remember I auditioned for more than one character. I think I did Pela. Um, I know I did Kafka. What else? Maybe Asta? I can't remember. I know I auditioned for everything that would possibly fit within my voice style. But Ting Yoon was one that I really liked some of her dialogue, and I thought it was fun, so I gave her a little bit of sassiness, and I think that helped. Um, a lot of time went by after I submit the, the audition. You just kind of submit and forget. And when I was told that I booked it, I did a little bit more research to see who this company was and went, oh, they do Genshin. That's cool. I always wanted to be a part of that. Um, and then when I went into the first session, I got a little more background on the character and what the game was and was super excited. I've been waiting so long for it to come out to play. Uh, when did you record uh, Honkai? Was it uh, 2020? Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Um, and the sessions were ongoing, so none of us knew when the game was going to come out. We'd always ask and be told, well, we're working on it. We don't have a date yet. And then, surprise, it just kind of released. So I'd been keeping my eye on it for about a year and a half. Um, I'm glad it's out. Because um, when I had uh, Rachel on, who, who does the voice of the female um, main yeah. character, uh, she said that she had not recorded her lines until like 2022. So I, wow. I think that that's why you know, that that kind of caught me off guard because it's like, well, yeah. you know, everyone else recorded the, recorded their lines in 2020 or so. So and she and has I, a lot. Yeah. So and and I was kind of surprised that oh, I now I now I know why it kind of took so long to to come out because they didn't get their main character until yeah, like yeah. 2022. <laughs> kind of important. I like that the main character actually talks though too. That she's got a voice and you can choose. Um, have you played Honkai yet? Oh, absolutely. Yes, we're obsessed with it in this house, and my uh, my 10-year-old can't stop playing, so it's hilarious to be sitting there on the couch and hearing him play it, and then hearing myself be killed in battle. <laughs> so hearing my own voice shouting at me from across the room is just hilarious, but I love the game. I, I play it too. I'm I'm up to level like 62 with my characters and, and just got to a particular twist for my character in the storyline. So that's been fun. Does it feel weird listening to yourself? Sometimes. I, I do so much of my own editing that I've gotten pretty used to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird hearing it as a character come out of 
a speaker. <laughs> what are some of your favorite lines? I love um, let's be friends and let's see a thousand wonders to raise your spirits. <laughs> um, speaking of Genshin, uh, your character reminds me a lot of Amber from Genshin. Yeah. <laughs> Have you gotten that comparison? <laughs> her style too. I, I notice her clothes and everything. It's it's yeah. It's it's similar. <laughs> but I like my fox tail and the ears. It's super cute. I mean, th you both have that way, you know, that specific way of talking, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. that 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 has to be coincidental because there's no yeah. way that they went for the same performance. For yeah, both games. I guess they know what works. Because yeah, you know, it's a, it's very like upbeat, very like anime ish, uh -huh. and and it's just like, and and weirdly enough, like very same. You know, you and Kelly have, like, the same vocal placement when it comes yeah. to doing, you know, your characters. And I'm just like, oh, this is just so weird. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because usually when I do video game characters, it's a little bit higher and a little bit squeakier, energetic. So whenever I'm playing the game and my husband hears March 7th's voice, you know, during a battle or something, he goes, oh, that's you, right? I say, no, honey, <laughs> that one's not me. <laughs> Because Ting Yun is a little breathier than I I usually do, so that's been that's been hilarious. He mixes me up. Was that a hard voice to maintain for those sessions? No, not so much. Um, it, it's still pretty close to my my typical voice. I just I add a little bit more more air behind it. Uh, have you met any of your fellow castmates? Yeah, it's great. We actually, we have a um, a group chat and a Discord. So since it's come out, we've all been able to kind of talk about, oh, hey, this just released. And even characters that have not been announced yet are in the group chat. So we're able to meet everybody. And they're just the best group. Everybody plays the game. Everybody kind of watches um, what's being said on social media. Um, and we we all got to work on a song cover, too which was a blast. And then we finally got to meet in person, at least a good amount of the cast at, um, we went to an arcade and just kind of hung out and met everybody. And that was a blast. It's, it's fun to get to meet people that are in the game with you that you've never met in real life. Were you in in that meet and greet? I think I I saw a, a picture someone posted. Online. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I I was there, but I had my ten year old with me because he actually had a recording session um, himself <laughs> right beforehand. So he was with me, um, and you know he has a bedtime, so I had to leave a little bit early, and it was right as they were taking the picture. Because I was wondering, like, you know, I, I don't remember seeing you in that picture. So I was like, you know, was that yeah. was that a different meet and greet? Like, <laughs> draw me in there. <laughs> Photoshop. Because it's like, you know, uh, I know uh, uh, Chia wasn't there. I think yeah. she was, um, she had to be somewhere else. And uh, I know uh, Rachel lives in NYC. So I don't know if she, you know, she right. would, you know, go go there. Although Nick flew out from NYC, so he happened to be in um, in the area, which was cool. And my kid was was thrilled to uh, beat him at basketball. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I beat Don Hung. <laughs> uh, no, Nick's made great. his Nick, life. Nick is hilarious. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I, I love that he's he's embraced his role as the jokester of the group. <laughs> right. 
talented guy too. He wrote all the the verses of the song cover we did too. The second verses. Oh yeah, very very talented. I mean, I take it that you know, seeing as you play the game, you're already familiar with um, the gotcha mechanics. Yeah, I've learned it because I I haven't played too many gotcha games before. But yeah, oh, I'm definitely hoping to get certain characters and. I tried so hard to get Ting Yoon from the beginning, and I could not get her for anything. But my kid gets her right off the bat, of course. So it's hard for us to get our own characters. That's how they get you. That's how they uh-huh. get you to throw money at it. They must know. <laughs> I mean, as someone who has fallen down the uh, Genshin rabbit hole, that's how they yeah. get you usually when it comes of to course. getting characters. All the new characters coming out too. Yeah, you got to save for them. Yeah, it's like you know, do you do you need this character? How good are they in a team? Yeah. You know, do you you know do you uh, do you need them? Do you need need them? <laughs> <laughs> but I want them. I know, like sometimes I always joke that my my Genshin account is the one that has all the characters that they don't that they don't uh, rerun a lot <laughs> that aren't yeah. very good, but it's like I I have them, you know, because <laughs> like, I you know it, like there was one character that they had not rerun until like uh, two years two years ago, and it's like yeah. well, it's now or never. <laughs> Gotta wait till it comes back around. Yep. <laughs> so it's like. It's now or never, so it's like, okay, you know, as long as you can get one one character from, like, a warp banner, then that's fine. And if not, then it's like, well, you got to wait until <laughs> it, it reruns. Yeah. I, I've been pretty lucky. I've gotten a good, good team set up, but now it's just uh, getting all the materials to level them all up. That's been the hard part. Oh, that's another thing. It's like, you know, even if you get a character you want, it's like, oh, yeah. you got to... Gotta grind for those Ascension mm-hmm. materials. Mm-hmm. And it takes forever. But that's what keeps you playing. It's fun. Um, how do you, how, how do you uh, feel about it? Like, you know, is, was it something that, that, that um, you know, was it something that you found yourself getting into? Or was it, was it just one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, this looks fun, but I don't see myself ever getting into it? Oh, no, I, I love playing the games that I'm in because I, I want to understand, especially, you know, when I'm asked questions about it and things like that, I want to understand the storyline. And when we record it, we often don't get much insight into what's happening in the story. We, we might get a little bit um, of like, here's what she's thinking in that moment. Here's what's about to happen. But it wasn't until I started playing through the story that things made a little more sense and clicked into place like oh that's why I said that um which is funny because sometimes had you known more context you might have have acted it differently um but yeah it's been fun kind of hearing the story happen in a different way with all the different voices and I like that I like the story I like playing it uh who are who are your main team Oh, I got to have Ting Yoon on there most of the time just because I like running around as myself. <laughs> and I like Serval because she can take out multiple characters at once. That's always nice when you can take out more than one. Um, got to have a healer. So I usually go between Natasha and uh, Locha is my new addition. So I'm kind of learning how to build him and, and use him 
for things. And then, um, let's see. It just depends on what battle. I, I throw different characters in there that deal a lot of battle. Sushong is fun with the chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you gotta you gotta uh, figure out like which which build works for you. It's like right. okay, if we're doing a raid, you know, which 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 team comp yeah. can get us through the raid quicker. <laughs> I have too many lightning. I need to move one. Yeah. Oh man, you know, and it's not like Genshin where you know it's it's more you know Genshin is more. Um, I don't want to say, I don't want to compare it to a similar other gay open world game because that comparison has yeah. been done a lot of times. <laughs> but it's it's very open world and very like you, you have know, to pay attention. Yeah, you have to really pay attention yeah. when it comes to the the team comps in that game, but. You know, with Honkai being um, turn-based strategy, it's like, okay, it's much more easier to build. A, I feel like it's much more easier to build a, a team composition in that game compared to Genshin. And I like that it's more casual. Um, I can kind of pick it up and not have to really focus and make sure I'm, you know, battling and hitting and attacking. I can step back for a minute and strategize and kind of let it play out, which feels less stressful for me. <laughs> so I like being able to... to auto battle and set up my teams and kind of think about each move before I do it. That's nice too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like it when, um, you know, that you have auto battle on, but I'm like, Hey man, a lot of us have lives and we can't, yeah, like, <laughs> you right? know, we, we can't like, you know, cause I played cookie, cookie run, King, cookie run kingdom. And, you know, after a while I just said, you know what? I I've gotten, the best team I can get out of this game. Yeah. Just put it, put every battle on auto and, and the AI will fix itself. Cause it's like, <laughs> look, my job isn't to actually play the game. My job is to just like build everyone up and make sure that they're yeah. strong enough to have, you know, <laughs> get the materials. Right. Yeah. It, it basically becomes micromanagement. I mean, basically right. that's all these games are it's just micromanagement it's like do you love micromanagement well you know you better get used to it because that's what you're going to be doing a lot. you know it it fits because that's one of ting yoon's things is she's like okay i'll just cheer you on from the sidelines you go battle <laughs> so maybe i have a lot in common with her what what uh aspects of her character can uh do you personally relate to it's funny because I've seen a couple comments online about, you know, I, I can't help but look up when, when somebody talks about if they like the character or not. I really should know better than to read comments, uh, but I can't help it. So I saw somebody say she's got that slight edge where she sounds like she's been working in customer service for a long time. And I just love that because it's absolutely true. That's totally what I was going for. Um, you know, that kind of... You paste on the smile on your face and like, I, I don't really want to do this right now, but I'm going to make sure that I am extra friendly to you anyway. And she's got a little bit of that edge um, that I know I have used in the past working for certain companies that expect you to be happy and smiling all the time. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed getting to play that and, and put that little edge in there too and a little bit of sass that's hidden just under the surface. I love Oh, that's pretty much every company where they expect you to be like, hey, you, oh, yeah. know, you know, you can't uh, be too antagonistic to the customer. And it's like, uh, but, you know, they're kind of making it difficult not uh -huh, to. <laughs> uh -huh. It was a certain company run by a rodent <laughs> where you had to smile a lot. <laughs> 
Oh, I figured. Uh-huh. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> My cheeks would hurt by the end of the day. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just about to ask, Dev, you, you know, did you work for that specific company? Cause, you of know. course. Of course. Because <laughs> every time I have someone on here who talks about, uh, you know, being uh, friendly 24-7, I'm like, okay, you know, you obviously uh-huh. work for that, for that specific <laughs> company. <laughs> you have to learn. Yep. Uh, you know, speaking of odd jobs, what was the weirdest job you've ever had uh, in your career? Oh boy! So it it wasn't in voice acting, but probably closely related. So I used to be a, a Universal Studios tour guide in in Hollywood, and that was when I was probably around nineteen, twenty, um, nineteen or twenty. I think I was nineteen. Yeah, when I was hired on, and it was the most fun job. If I ever retire, I will go back and be a tour guide again because I had so much fun doing it. But there were some weird things that happened on that job um, because it's a it's a running film studio. You never know what's going to be going on, what's going to be filming. So my very best story working there, um, <laughs> they were filming War of the Worlds, a Steven Spielberg movie. And they told us there is a great big movie filming. It's got flames. It's got special effects. We have to close off an area of the tour, and you guys cannot go up that road. You're going to be driving somewhat close to it, but you're not allowed to talk about it. So here I am giving the tour, not allowed to mention the flaming plane wreckage that we're passing by, and we have to go off mic. I can't even mention a thing about it. We're all getting in trouble with Steven Spielberg, right? So I'm doing my tour. Um, I'm sitting backwards. It's like the third tour of the day that I've done already. And we get up close to that point, and suddenly my driver swings a left and turns onto the road by Whoville and the Psycho House. And I panic a little internally, going, wait, we're not supposed to go this way. Oh, they must have finished filming. Uh, okay, I guess I got to change my script. All right, time to talk about Psycho. Um, let me try and remember it. So I start talking about it. We go up the hill, and boom, the driver slams on the brakes, People come running out of the flaming plane wreckage, waving their arms, saying, what are you doing? Get out of here. The driver made a wrong turn because somebody moved the cones that blocked off the road. There wasn't a security guard out there, so he thought it was open. Crashed into a filming hot set with Steven Spielberg. (laughs) And... He just turns white. The driver turns white because he knows he's messed up. He has to call in dispatch. They sent a golf cart to come pick him up. I never saw him again. It carted him off. He must have gotten in trouble. They told me the trams don't reverse. So you're going to need to open up the tram doors, take each row of person one by one, and walk them down the hill to a new tram. Oh, and by the way, you can't talk about what's going on. So try and get them to look somewhere else and just don't mention what movie it is or anything like that. (laughs) So I had to walk people one by one down to a new tram and pretend like everything was normal. And, hey, we're going to take a walking tour of the Whoville set. Aren't you lucky? Let's go down the hill to this new tram. So, yeah, (laughs) that was pretty crazy. All, All turned out well, but... Yeah, I can say I, I wrecked a Steven Spielberg movie. 
it's it's funny that uh, you know it it was War of the Worlds because yeah. you know that it's like the exact opposite of Orson Welles' broadcast where his where he tried to convince people that right that uh, terrestrial life was was. Uh, was real but you're like no 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 everything's fine everything's <laughs> fine no no yeah, don't look at the flaming wreckage yeah oh and it's funny because that's part of the tour now you go right through it so i always laugh every time i ride it <laughs> yeah uh, uh funny enough um i remember years ago i think this was around like 2012 or so uh, my family and i were on vacation and we we were in um you know universal and they had like stop the tour midway through because like something was shooting and we had to just sit there Mm -hmm. and we and just wait for like felt for what felt like an eternity like Uh because it's like because you know like once those things it's just a one-way road it's just like a one-way road so it's like when they stop it stops like there's no there's no like diversion. There's no like oh you know take take you know you know uh, take the other uh, road or you know go to the other segment early or whatever. Right. It's like just like no, they're filming something on on the lot. You gotta wait for them to finish filming and then you can <laughs> go. And we just like sat there for like maybe two or three hours, just like in in the hot sun, just oh. like because uh, it was the summer. Because like. Oh, man. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. Once I got stopped by a group of ducklings that refused to move out of the road. (laughs) So I had to hop out and shoo the ducklings away before we could keep going down that road. So, yeah, it's it can be crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, props to 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 everybody. You know, they were professional. They kept everyone calm and, you know, no one, you know, it didn't escalate to the point where everyone got annoyed or anything like that, which I mean, I'm very thankful for so there was never there was never an incident uh, but it's like it's really annoying because like you know you're doing the tour and it's going on as 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 expected because you know i've done it like you know more than once you know because it's a you know it's universal studios of course you're gonna do the tour yeah (laughs) of course you're gonna do i go all the time even even if you know most of it's like bull crap at this point, <laughs> but yeah. it's like you know just just let me believe that this is this is how movies are still made. <laughs> you know? Like just just make me believe that that you know people still film things on lots and stuff. Like right, that, you know? right. Although they do, there have been times I've I've ridden as a guest where we've actually gone past stuff that is actively filming, and that's always fun for me because even when I was a guide, I I often didn't get to see it. They would steer us away from it. So it's always fun when I get a little glimpse of of something when I go just for fun. Uh, did you ever uh, get the chance to improv during during your time as a, as a tour guide? Yeah, that that was one of the things I think that um, got me the job in the first place because it's actually quite a difficult uh, task to get hired on. You have to go through multiple rounds of auditions. You have to train for a couple of weeks on the tram, um, and they give you test situations like, okay, we're going to pause the tram here and pretend something just broke down. Now you got to talk about that tree over there. Go. And you'd have to memorize this phone book-sized script of all the facts and what number each video clip is, things like that. So it was important to be able to improvise and have a bunch of stories to pull from no matter what location you were stuck in. And I remember they tested us on that in the first audition and had us improvise like crazy movies. 
And I can't remember what it was even in regards to, but I, I vaguely remember I did something about vampire Teletubbies. <laughs> and I think that caught their eye enough that they were like, wow, she's interesting. Okay, we want her. Now I'm curious what the context for that was. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember. I think it was something about horror movies and I had to come up with some spiel about a, a unique horror movie. So I think it was along those lines. Much more interesting than, um, what was it? I think it was... Yeah, because they do the whole um, uh, walking down the... It wasn't the Psycho House, but like a haunted house or something. Mm -hmm. and I remember... I remember one tour guide being like, oh, you know, did you know that uh, Boris Karloff wasn't his actual name? You know, he yeah. had to change it for whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got to have all those facts on hands. Yep. <laughs> I I couldn't forget them if I tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like and, and you have to like constantly not only memorize that, but constantly, you know, do it over and over again, but still make right. it like new for people who, because, you know, you, you want to, to immerse people in, you know, to, to, you want to create an immersive experience for people. Yeah. Yeah. So they experience it as, as a new thing. Cause you, you can't always assume that everybody's been on it before or been to the park before. So sometimes people were surprised by things that happened on the tour. And and I think that doing those tours is really great because it's improv, and I think improv is very helpful when it comes to voiceover mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, you know, it, it helps you create characters on the fly. It helps you understand a scenario on the fly because most yeah. of the time, you know, when you're working on these video games, you're given little to no context on what you're actually recording right. for. <laughs> There are times I show up and I have no idea what type of character I'm going to do, how long, how big the role is. It's just set in front of me and it's like, okay, look it over for two minutes and go. <laughs> you have to be willing. What was the weirdest direction you've ever been given? Oh, let's see. My favorite one was um, in Shadowverse. I play these uh, cat girls that are Shamu and Sharma, I think, are their names. Um, jungle cat girls. And <laughs> the direction on the page was, give a cat-like laugh. And I was like, hmm, what does a, a, a laughing cat sound like? <laughs> Even the director thought that was hilarious. He's like, I have no idea what a cat-like laugh is supposed to be, but just give it your best shot. <laughs> so I think I did something like, <laughs> I don't know, some sort of purring thing. That was funny. Uh, laugh like it was um, laughing cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard a cat laugh. Can cats laugh? I, I don't think so. Maybe. Internally, maybe, as they plot evil. I don't know if, if it's anything like my cat. <laughs> I mean, can can dogs and cats laugh? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, they can smile. I can tell you that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think that they can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, these ones did. Um, out of all the characters you voiced, which one would you say was the toughest? Hmm. Probably. Oh, okay. So I did this toy. Um, they were called Rapples. And they're these fuzzy little creatures that are almost slap bracelets that fit around your wrist. Um, and they talk back to you. And you can chitter at them. And when I did that job, they said that each color, they wanted it to be almost like a different coming from a different area. 
So in order to do that, they had one sound from different languages. They wanted to pull in um, sounds from the various languages for each one. And mine was the blue one, Skyo. And they wanted him to sound almost vaguely Italian. Not not like the, the stereotyp of an accent or anything, but they wanted to pull a few gibberish Italian-sounding words. So there wasn't really a script other than things like, now he's happy, now he's sad, now he's been flipped upside down, so he's angry. But I had to come up with gibberish on the spot that had a vaguely Italian flavor. <laughs> and then... Things like rap with that same kind of gibberish voice. So that was that was a mental challenge to kind of come up with the script on the spot, make sure they weren't actual recognizable words, but that they had a little hint of, of certain cadences and things. That was a challenge. So it was basically the family guy bit where it's like, you know, Peter, just because you have a mustache doesn't mean you can speak Italian. And he just right, starts spot right. spotting out gibberish. Yeah. So imagine there's like minions from different places. <laughs> that's that's about what it was. Now, that's interesting. Like, it's like, hey, you know, we want it to sound like this re real world dialect, but you can't. Mm -hmm. But it's not the real world dialect. Just make it sound sure. like it. And it's like, OK, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because it goes out to all these different countries. You don't want anything to accidentally be a word that might be offensive or something, for example. Yeah, and, uh, you know, especially uh, considering that it uh, leans younger, you know, a younger mm -hmm. demographic, you're like, okay, you got to, like, make sure that it, it's also fun for them. Right. So, you know, you know if, if it's not fun, then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to invest in it if it's not fun. That one was also pretty funny because it was one of my earlier jobs that I didn't have my booth yet. And I actually booked it when we were out of town. I was in Las Vegas with my husband. He had a conference. And I went, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I was glad I brought, brought my microphone with me. I actually had to record it in a pillow fort in the hotel room, so covered with couch cushions. <laughs> I made a little cave and was recording this toy in there. And I was just thinking, man, if people can hear me through the hotel walls making these crazy creature sounds, they must wonder what the heck is going on. <laughs> and then I realized it was Vegas. They probably didn't flinch. It's Vegas, man. That ain't the worst right. thing Anything we've goes. Seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, because my, my brother used to study in, in, in NYC, and I, I'll never forget this quote from him where he's like, you know, where he would have someone call him up and, and ask for like a weird favor. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Oh, you need a couple plastic bags at like two in the morning? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like it, it's like it's NYC. Nothing phases me anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his exact... That's how it is with voice acting. You never know what it's going to be. You just got to be like, sure, I'm up for it. <laughs> what was like, have you ever been put on the spot like that where it's like, okay, we need something like this, go. Yeah, for, for a lot of video games, that tends to happen. Um, and one of the, the hardest things is when I have to voice multiple characters that are maybe in the same age range. Um it's a lot easier if, if I come into a session and it's like, okay, you're going to be a little boy, you're going to be this tough, battle-hardened woman, and a creature. Yeah, I can come up with different sounds for that pretty easily. But when it's multiple characters, like it's three different teenage girls, that can be a little more challenging on the spot when it's like, okay, wait, how do I make this sound different enough from the last one? 
So that can be a little bit of a mental, like, ee, come up with something quick. Um, so it's good to to practice a lot um, and mimic different voices and sounds and have a, a whole toolbox that you can go to to give those different sounds if you're asked to on the spot. You got to be a Swiss Army a Swiss Army knife, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a, a lot of us that stick within a certain realm. Like, I, I don't go too far outside of the typical kind of young sounding teenager to 20s. Um, But there are some people that can do everything from babies to older and that kind of thing. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's also good to know your limitations, like, you know, because you don't want to go in there and and do something that hurts. And it's like, oh, uh, and then it's like, oh, man, I blew up my throat. I got to like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, I got another, uh, I got yeah. another session coming up and, you know, it's like, no. <laughs> and that can definitely happen. Yeah. If you're doing a lot of exertion, um, sounds, I'm trying to learn how to do, you know, all the battle <laughs> without using my throat too much to a point where it gets exhausted. But the hard part of that is that when you're trying to practice how to do it safely, you often do it wrong in the process and <laughs> hurt your voice while you're practicing. So that's always a challenge of, of learning how to make sure you protect your voice. It, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. And, and I, 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 I can, I don't know how anyone can, can look at what you guys do and be like, Oh, it's easy. Anybody can do that. It's like, no, not really. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but we love it. We do it cause we love it. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh you know it's a it's a fun business you get to play all these wonderful characters and uh you know come up with these wonderful voices and uh and still people will just be like oh it's easy anybody can do that it's like well no it isn't (laughs) (laughs) i challenge them to try right yeah um seeing as you've done this uh for a while now i'm kind of wondering do you are you comfortable with with uh, knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are as an actor yeah, I I mean, I've been asked that a few times, and I, I definitely have a zone that I'm comfortable in and that I can pull out and, and knock out a good performance every time. And that, that tends to be in the, the kid area, you know, family-friendly stuff, or youthful characters um, are pretty easy for me. I definitely know that my niche is not the dark and gritty stuff. <laughs> you know, curse words every other phrase. It's just... It's just not me. (laughs) So, I mean, when you play a character, you're the character. So there have been times when I go outside of my comfort zone for the character if it's right. But I just find that certain projects um, suit me better than others for my voice type. Like uh, audiobooks and stuff, I stick to mostly young adult um, because it suits my voice tone. It sounds just so silly if I try to narrate a romance novel. (laughs) I'm giggling the whole time, so I know that's not really an area that's great for me. Uh, you mentioned audiobooks. Uh, how many audiobooks have you narrated? narrated? Not a ton. Um, when the right projects come along, I'll, I'll take it on. There have been a couple of really cute kids series that I've enjoyed because it lets me do all the big voices, um, lots of you know kind of wild characters, and it's things that I can share with my own kids. Um, so that's always fun. I love taking on kids' audiobooks. Um, but I also find they're very time-consuming. So 
it can be difficult unless you have a long time to sit down and read through a book. Um, if you imagine it's a 10-hour book, reading it out loud, you've also got double that for the editing and all that. Um, so you've got to have the time to put aside. You've got to make sure your voice is, is able to handle it. And that's why I don't take on as many of them because, you know, I have my kids here at home. I've got my other other work as well, and it's quite time-consuming. Outside of voiceover, what are, what are some, of your, some of your hobbies? I'm having fun putting some cosplay stuff together right now, actually. Um, we're doing some Honkai Star Rail cosplay, so I've got a, a Ting Yoon costume mapped out behind me on a dress form. <laughs> Um, that's always something I've, I've loved doing since I was a kid, I'd always do the homemade Halloween costumes. So we like to go to conventions and things as a family and dress up in a theme as a family. And it's uh, slow going because there's a lot of fur and different materials and like silk that I need to dye and things, but I enjoy the creative challenge of taking something from scratch and, and making it actually look like a character so that's that's something i love i'm learning how to sew a little bit better now it's funny you mentioned cosplay because again when i had rachel on someone had actually went up to went up to to them and said you know i can make you a costume of your character and they're like oh, no wow. thanks <laughs> <laughs> you know? she should yes i mean because uh you know you know, if you if you listen to that um, episode, you know that uh, you know Rachel is isn't against the idea, but you know there are some aspects of the design that you know she's like, I know that she's like, right, eh. yeah. I, I'm modifying mine a little bit because yeah, I don't have Ting Yun's figure. <laughs> I don't want the sh the short skirt that short, <laughs> so it's going to be more like a a bounding uh, version where it's a little longer skirt and a little more comfortable for conventions. <laughs> I, I think you know. I I really want to see um, you know Kafka's VA do do the cosplay because Kafka's yes. pretty, it's pretty easy and she looks cool. So it's like yeah, know. that's my son's favorite character right now. I I just wonder like how many people who who don't know who Franz Kafka is have been introduced to to, to him via this game. Yeah. They've got so many great characters and, and the writing. It's It's been so fun discovering them all. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Does it does it feel weird, like, listening to, to, to these people as the as the characters and then, like, you know, uh, talking to them as, as normal? Yes, some of them are so different personality-wise in, in real life. So it's, it's always fun to be like, oh, you play them? No way. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of our job is to play something that we're not always. Um, as long as you can, like, separate uh, the, the person from the character, I think that, 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 yes. that, you know, that becomes a really uh, important thing, you know. And, right. and people need to understand that... Uh, Voice actors are not their characters. Please do not right? refer to them as their characters. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it's fine to, you know, be a fan of uh, of a character, but, you know, do not go out of your way to refer, to, you know, to, to, <laughs> to talk to someone as their character because, like, no, <laughs> you know, like, you yeah. have to... You have to set boundaries. You have to be like, okay, this is just this is just a character I play. This is not who I am as a person. Right. That can be a little awkward. Um, it, it, it reminds me. So 
we go to Universal Studios for fun. Uh, I had mentioned earlier. Last time we went, um, we were getting out of the car, and it was a hot day, so I had on the dorky tourist gear and, you know, the, the big giant hat and sunblock and sunglasses just loaded down with mom stuff, basically. We get out of the van, and there's these two teenage guys um, across from us that had just gotten out of their car, and they're talking about Honkai Star Rail. <laughs> I could overhear. They were talking about it. And my husband is like, oh, you should go tell them you're Ting Yoon. And I said, okay, I can't wreck their their day. You know, here's this <laughs> middle-aged mom in tourist gear. I'm going to kill their dreams if I go over there and say I'm Ting Yoon. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was kind of a funny. I I, I didn't tell them. I just let them believe. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're teenagers, they probably like um, only listen to the Japanese version. So it's like if you went in True. there and, and be like, and yeah. if, if you went there and you're like, oh, I'm the English voice. So it's like, well, you're not the real one. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt they would have believed me anyway. <laughs> it's like you're not the real one, and it's like, well. Even the the Japanese version isn't the real one because it's a it's a Chinese game and the Chinese yeah. uh, actors are the original. Ones. It's so fascinating to hear the different versions too. How like some of us approached it the same and others approached it completely differently. So that's always interesting. Again, going back to my interview with uh, Rachel, she had mentioned like she someone did a comparison of all the lines from the yeah. English to the. Um, through, through, you know, compared all the lines, and and uh, she was the only one who says noise, noise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and she liked that because, like, well, it makes my performance stand out from the rest. Yeah, it's special. Because <laughs> the line was nice, but but she was like, you know, let me just you know add my own flavor to it, and they kept it, and it's like, oh, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it fits very well. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just wondering, like, was there an instance where you ad-libbed something and they kept it in? Ooh. I don't remember. I Maybe some giggles and things, but, I mean, because of the the character is so very straight-laced a lot of the time and, and so very, like, holding everything in and, and very, you know she's the amicassiter she doesn't get much much chance to improvise so you know we'll, we'll see we'll see if the, if the story continues or not and and what might happen with that i'm just Bonus. uh I, i'm just uh surprised that uh you know you not only play the game but you also like you know uh, are familiar with it with everything that oh totally <laughs> yeah you, you gotta you know <laughs> it's exciting because a lot of voice actors I talk to are like, you know, I don't, I, I don't play or watch any of any of the stuff I'm in because I can't stand listening to myself. Oh, <laughs> no, maybe it's maybe it's because I haven't done a ton of bigger projects. I I bet when you just kind of are cranking them out and doing so many different roles, it, they may all blend together. But because I've only had a few of these recognizable roles so far, it, it makes me excited to get involved and play it and learn more about the story and everything so I can talk to people about it. So that maybe that's why I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I know that you guys have, have done uh, Streamily signings. What was that experience like for you for the first time, like uh, having people 
be like, hey, you know, we we actually want your autograph on the Right? Something. Yeah, that that's brand new to me. <laughs> it's so funny because just realizing the fact that, oh, I need to practice an autograph. Whoa, that's so weird. Do I do my normal one? Do I make up a new one? Like, just thinking about that at all is such a surreal thing. <laughs> But I'm I'm so happy that people are connecting with the character and want to celebrate her and that kind of thing too. So it's it's fun. It's fun to get to connect with people that in, enjoy the game and and love my character as much as I do. And plus, like it gives you an excuse to be like, hey, you know, let, let's commission some some art for Prince. Yeah, yeah. There are some amazing artists out there that draw in this detailed style, and I'm so impressed with all of them. I need to get some more artwork done. Yeah, now now you got to like you know I, I feel like yeah. once you book like a, a major character, then it's like okay, you got to commission art for for Prince because you know people are going to ask for that character. Yeah, I, I only have one or two right now, but yeah, I need some different styles and and poses and things, and yeah, I don't know what people like the most. <laughs> just just give him everything, just everything. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, if, if if there's a meme, you know, go for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, need some variety on there. <laughs> I said I need to do a Halloween version, too, that's like a creepy version of my character. <laughs> oh, make her, as a, make her a vampire teletubby. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yes. I will will that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, before I wrap this up, cause I know I, cause I don't want to keep you on longer than I should. I know cause you're, sure. you know, you're busy obviously cause you know, I, you know, being a mom and what have you. So yep. you know. they're out there watching a movie right now. So I got some peace. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, b- before I wrap this up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Let's see. So, um, Hmm. Not sure what I can say as far as what I'm currently working on. Mostly working on a lot of different auditions. You know, things come in right and left and you just kind of throw it all out there and see what sticks. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what I book. Then then I'll know what I'm working on. Um, doing various uh, video game roles. Um, I have an audiobook or two, a kid's audiobook series. Um, I'm going to be doing the third one um, in, it's called Kinsey's Conventions, about this precocious little girl that gets into all sorts of trouble with her creativity. Um, So I'm really enjoying that. Um, And the author has asked me to do some more books for her. So that's the next thing I'm going to be working on. And yeah, just kind of staying open to what comes my way. So if you want more of uh, Lacey, please check out Tahankai Star Rail so you can understand the context of what we talked about for the past hour. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good game. Everybody should play it. All right. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.